Hey guys, I'm your host Smita Kantori. Welcome everybody. I have Nelson Tesla with me today. His early life was filled with trauma, struggle and court trials. But although his childhood was something that many of us couldn't fathom going through, he was able to turn his life around in a positive way. He set goals, kept a positive mindset and stayed accountable to his actions. He has developed the I Got Smarter app to help others to do the same. One of his favorite quotes is, never be ashamed of a scar. It simply means that you are stronger than what you are trying to hurt you. It is his vision to make this world a better place, one person and one inspirational goal at a time. He believes goals not only change the current generation, they also change the generations that follow. That sentence really, really hit me. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story today. Please yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. So please go ahead and tell us like what your story is and where you are today how this journey came through and why is this important, this work to you today? Sure, yeah, I've got quite the origin story. Uh, my mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And uh, while she was pregnant with me, her father, uh, who was the local trash collector in a, in a small town, uh, drove into the town square. There he spotted uh, two police officers. Uh, he stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers killing one and wounding another. And he was eventually captured and brought to stand trial where he was facing the death penalty. And uh, my mom got up on the stand during his trial and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed the police officer was that uh, the police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with me. And uh, that testimony worked. Uh, my grandfather's first trial ended in a hung jury. Uh, the next trial, they did take the death penalty off the table. Uh, and my grandfather was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, uh, in which he spent uh, the next 40 years in prison, never being released, dying in prison, uh, leaving behind uh, my mom. Uh, she is one of 15 children. And, wow. uh, and now me uh, in this small town to kind of deal with all of those uh, circumstances. Um, my life didn't get any easier after that. Uh, you know, if any of you guys have ever lived in a small town, you know that everybody kind of knows your business. And, uh, and now uh, with what my grandfather had done and what my mom had testified to, uh, now uh, definitely was labeled uh, in that small town. My mom eventually uh, met a man when she was 21. Um, he, be he eventually became my stepfather, uh, but come to find out that he was an alcoholic and uh, physically and emotionally abused me and my mom uh, almost on a daily basis. Uh, eventually my mom had four more children. Um, and because of the lifestyle that was being lived in our home, a lot of their basic uh, care needs fell upon me. Uh, you know, including, you know, waking up at two in the morning to, uh, you know, uh, help them, feed them, do whatever needed to be done. And because of this lifestyle that I was living, you know, I almost hardly ever went to school. Uh, I remember in the fourth grade looking down at my report card and, and uh, anxiously wanting to see who my uh, fifth grade homeschooled, you know, homeroom teacher was going to be. 
and I, and I looked at my report card and I had straight F's and I saw the fact that I would be repeating the fourth grade. Uh, and, uh, you know, I shouldn't have been surprised. I was probably absent more than 60 days uh, that year. And uh, the next year, and I was placed into special ed. I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I still can't spell. Come to find out that, um, you know, I have dyslexia. And um, so that's kind of the, the way my life went until one night, um, my stepfather was uh, walking home drunk from a bar and there was somebody else who was driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And uh, it was at this time that my mom, you know, my mom had dropped out of school in the eighth grade. She'd never worked outside of the home, um, you know, and as hard as the life that she has lived to this point, losing my stepfather, regardless of, you know, how he treated us, pretty much left her without any hope. And it was at this time that she decided that she was going to take her own life. And uh, fortunately, uh, she was not successful. But whenever she was released from the hospital, she determined that she was no longer going to be able to take care of all five of the kids uh, on her own. So it was at that time that I ended up go going to live with my grandmother, who was the uh, wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. How old and were you at this point of time? I was around uh, 10, 11, 12, 12 you know, 11, okay. maybe 11 years old at this time. Mm. And, you know, growing up in my mom's house, you know, we, we never had food. Uh, you know, it was a crapshoot whether or not the lights would turn on. But for the first time, you know, when I went to live with my grandmother, um, you know, there was always food there. Uh, I didn't have to worry about my stepfather coming home drunk and beating me or my mom. And, um, you know, and I didn't have to wake up at two in the morning to help uh, with crying babies. Mm -hmm. And the one role, even though education wasn't uh, a priority in my Graham's family, uh, the one role was you were going to go to school. And, uh, you know, with having 15 kids, that's probably was her only, you know, yeah. time to ever have any time to herself is when the kids went to school. So as I started to go to school, you know, I realized, you know, as I put days in, you know, together and, and started to go to class, I realized I wasn't stupid. I just hadn't been putting forth the effort. Yeah. And then uh, one day a counselor came from the local university and they started to talk about you know, the things that you needed to do to get into college and kind of a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought to myself, you know, what, what, what would happen if I could graduate from college and uh, what kind of life would I live then? And, you know, if you've ever told yourself something that's going to be hard, you always have those voices in the back of your head that just start screaming at you all the reasons that you shouldn't even attempt that. And I remember thinking, you know, Nelson, you're in special ed. You can't read, you can't write, you can't spell. Uh, of my mom's family, those 15 kids, only two had ever graduated from high school. None had even attended college. Oh. And, um, you know, so I, I'm thinking to myself, I'll be lucky to graduate high school, let alone college. But I determined that day that I was going to go for it and at least try. And eventually, you know, four years, you know, uh, excuse me, 12 years after I set that goal, four different universities four years in the Air Force to get the GI Bill, to get money to go to school, I eventually became that first person in my uh, family to graduate from awesome. college. Awesome. And uh, yeah, and, and that was when I kind of realized, 
you know, geez, if somebody like me who came from where I came from, if I could accomplish this by setting a goal, even though I barely knew what a goal was at this stage of my life, you know, I thought to myself, what else could I do? And that's when I became obsessed with goals and, and personal development. And that's when I started to set goals and personal development in my life and really have used that to design a life that I couldn't have even imagined, you know, growing up in, in the environment that I lived in. You know, here I am next month, I'm going to be celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary to my wife. And, uh, you know, we're, we're raised three awesome young men. Um, and, uh, you know, just like the quote that you said, I mean, that one goal in my life uh, didn't just change my life, it changed my family's life. And it's going to change their family's lives, because I was willing to move forward with that one goal. And that one goal led to so many other goals. Congratulations to you and your wife on celebrating your yeah. 25th anniversary. Thank you. She says, you know, uh, it's it only feels like five minutes underwater. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's an amazing compliment. <laughs> I know. But no, it's been it's been great. And uh, I, I talk a lot about uh, our marriage in, in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, and it hasn't been easy. And it's been touch and go. And, but, you know, we both wanted that. You know, we both wanted that goal. We both wanted that in our families. And uh, because of that, you know, we had that clear vision. We got through some very hard times. And, and I think that's what a lot of people need to realize is they look at some people who have some sort of success in their lives and they kind of think that it was easy. Yeah. And that's why I love reading biographies of successful people, because what you do is they kind of pull back that curtain on what it took to get there. And what you realize is there was always those times that were struggles and, you know, times where they almost lost everything or the business failed or, you know, their, their family, you know, situation. And there's always those things, but they just found a way to get through it. And that's what my book talks about. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to live my life is just, you got to get through those hard times and we're all going to have them. And that's just the way life is. And, uh, you know, if you find a way to, you know, persevere through those, you can get through to the good times. Definitely, definitely. And that's the, that's the same intent that I have this podcast today. Awesome. I don't want to just show the people like thinking that happy ending. People just see that outside and think like, oh, what's wrong with that person? They're like really happy, but the inner work and the effort that we put is like so much to get to the place where we are. That's yeah. the reason I was mentioning before I started recording. I want to show the pain that you have gone through. It's just not like, okay, this happened to me and yes, I moved there and I'm happy here. Uh, that, that's not going to happen to anybody. This is years of work that you put through. Yeah, and, and in my book, I go into a, a lot of those stories, you know, of growing up and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share a story with you kind of growing up. Um, you know, when I, I was in eighth grade, um, it was the first dance that you actually went and picked up your date. Hmm. And so I was excited and, and I knew this girl and I, you know, asked her to go to the dance, didn't, didn't never talk to her before, but thought she was cute. And so I asked her and she said yes. And, you know, the day comes to go pick her up and, and take her. And, you know, my parents didn't have a car. So my cousin drove me and uh, he's 18 years old and I get in, in the house 
and I could tell the family's really cold towards me. And that finally they ask, who's driving you to the dance? And I say, oh, it's my cousin, John. And then it was just like, you know, totally quiet. And they went and they's like, okay, we're going to go check on, you know, uh, my date. And they went back and it, it was a few, it was a few long minutes. And then they came back and said, oh, uh, you know, she has to leave a half an hour early because we have a family thing. And I'm like, well, I can bring her back home. It's no problem. They're like, oh, no, it's on the way. It'll just be easier. And anyhow, we take we go out and, uh, you know, her dad's taking pictures more of me and my cousin putting her in the car than, you know, us standing there. And, uh, you know, come to find out, I ended up dating this girl for a few years after this. And they opened up to me and said, you know, we weren't going to let Megan go with you because we knew who your family was and, and heard the rumors and come to find out that her dad followed me and my cousin to the dance to make sure that we got her there uh, because they were, they were fearful that we were going to pull over and rape her. Yeah. And then the only way that they were going to let her go with me is if they could come and pick her up early, they weren't going to trust us to bring her home. So that was just getting a way for them to get there and pick her up. But there were things like that growing up because of, you know, that small town and everybody knowing who you were and, and kind of what was going on. And so, you know, you have to get through those tough times and, you know, and just like that, I mean, I ended up dating that girl for a long time and that family became my second family. And, you know, I, I love those guys and, uh, you know, you're going to go through things like that. And, and one of my favorite philosophies that's in, in my, I got more, I got smarter program is things only have the meaning that you're willing to give them. Yes. And, and, you know, the story in my book, I moved away, I joined the Air Force uh, when I was 19 years old to get money to go to school. And I never went back to that small town because I was running from everything that kind of I represented back there and my family's name represented. And I never told anybody about the circumstances of my grandfather and, and all of that, except for my wife before I married her. I figure she deserved to know that. And, but besides that, I never told my kids. I never told my friends. I was running from it. And every time I thought of those circumstances, it weakened me. And then, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to exit a few businesses and setting, thinking about what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I thought, you know what, I, I want to help other people, you know, change their lives and realize that they have so much potential that uh, they're not realizing. And, you know, I, like I said, I've been obsessed with goals and personal development for 25 years and used it in every area of my life. And I started to reflect upon my story and kind of what it represented and why I was, you know, why I, I lived that life. And, you know, I started to give it a different meaning. I started to say, you know what, I lived that life. I made it out, you know, I made it out of there and uh, here I sit and maybe I went through that so that I could share that story and inspire others to know that you're not a victim of circumstance. You're a product of your choices. And as soon as I started thinking that way and started giving those, those happenings a different meaning, I started to gain strength from it. And now when I tell that story, it, it comes from a, a position of strength and not weakness. And that's what we all have that ability to do with really anything that happens to us. And, and I know there's some hard things that happen to people out there, but I really truly believe that if you dig deep enough and hard enough and look at it creatively enough that you can give 
almost anything that happens to you a positive meaning and gather strength from it as opposed to allowing it to weaken you. Definitely, definitely. When you're talking about the goals, I wanted to ask an interesting question. Apart from the first goal that you had, like going to the college and getting the degree, you might have done like a lot of goals. You might have achieved a lot of goals. What was the toughest goal that you have achieved after your college degree? And why do you think it is toughest? Oh, you know what? I think, I think sometimes the toughest is, um, you know, uh, marriage. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, especially us, we were raised totally differently and we tend to look at things, uh, differently and, you know, it's, you know, you have great times and that, but there's always those one or two times where you don't see eye to eye, but you, you just realize that it's worth it and this is what you want. So, I mean, that is a goal. One of my goals is, uh, to be married 50 years. And, uh, you know, I'm halfway there and, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. I mean, wanting to stay married and being healthy enough to get there and all those things. So that's, that's my biggest goal and it's my most important goal. And if I, you know, um, I don't want to fail at that. So I, maybe I put more pressure on myself doing that than any other goal, because that's the most important to me. Why do you think that you're putting pressure on that? You know, I think a lot of it probably has to do with the family that I came from and the lifestyle that was being lived there and knowing how, you know, difficult that was and and not wanting my children to have to deal with some of that. And, you know, also maybe the, the fear in the back of my head is, you know, the stepfather that I got was not great. And, uh, you know, I don't want, uh, I don't want to kind of put my kids in any of that situation if, if my wife would remarry somebody else. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in my brain there that uh, is, you know, really striving and, and you have that fear in there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, a, a, a psychiatrist would have a, a ball with me, I'm sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> Apart from the impacts that you had from your early childhood, is there anything that in your life, like this is what something really bad happened to me personally, and there is nothing related to my past with it? Uh, really bad. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, um, so I started a business, um, uh, children's uh, learning center. So day, you know, children's daycares, and we had a chain of six of them. And I wasn't operating them at first, I was just an investor, me and my father in law, and uh, come to find out that the our business operating partner was embezzling money from us. And it was during the Great Recession 2007 2008. And we ended up you know, finding out that he had embezzled almost, you know, a million dollars from us or so. Uh, but we had to get him out of the business. And when we got him out of the business, uh, you know, I took over operating it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few years later, just when uh, things were starting to go okay, I had hired a man, uh, you know, kind of against my intuition. And uh, because men kind of have a target on them when it comes to uh, daycares. Yeah. But, you know, and, and this is in my book uh, as well. And, and the details are in there. But uh 
Come to find out, uh, one day I get a call that the, the news stations are out in front of my daycare and that my director had been arrested for molesting uh, two of his family friends. And they were out in front of my daycares and, you know, uh, filming that. And uh, like I said, it was a, the rough economy anyhow. And anyhow, you know, it was a long process and our enrollment dropped by half overnight and we were barely making it. And it was just, you know, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever went to. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, uh, guilt for hiring a man against my intuition and thinking that he had hurt some of the children in my daycare and what had I done. And fortunately, you know, for, for that, I mean, he didn't, he didn't hurt any children in the daycares. You know, he, it was family friends that he had been with and, you know, horrible for that. And he eventually went to prison and I think he'll serve the rest of his life there. But, you know, that was, uh, that was one of the hardest things that I had ever went through, you know, one with the guilt and then two with trying to save those businesses. Uh, after that, I mean, I, I don't know many things that could be worse than, you know, having a child molester running a daycare. And, you know, I, I saw no way of how I was ever going to recover from that in a good economy, let alone uh, a bad economy. So, uh, yeah, I would say that ranks up there pretty high. The things that I've, I've realized is, you know, my book is called The Unlucky Sperm Club. And one thing that I realize is you don't just get lucky you create your own luck. Yes. And, and I also always believe that there's always a choice. Ooh. And as I've kind of gone through this business of I got smarter, you know, a, a little bit about this is it's, we designed an app that helps people finally achieve their goals. Because what we realize is it's not a knowledge problem whenever you want to accomplish something and accomplish your goals. It's an execution problem. We just don't do what we know we're supposed to do. And that's what I designed this entire app around is it's got a self-assessment program. So it talks to you and makes sure that you're going to be pursuing the goals that are important to you. But one of the great things is, and I think this helps people in every area of life, but you can uh, invite a success partner through the app mm. to help you kind of stay accountable to yourself and stay focused. And you guys are success partners and you help each other. And through the app, I can see if you've done your morning ritual or I can see if you, if you didn't. And if you did, I'll give you kudos, keep up the good work, have a great day. If you didn't, I can say, hey, let's get that morning ritual, you know, done and plan this awesome day that you're about to have. And just, you know, somebody's watching you, you know, somebody has your back and you know, somebody is out there wanting you to succeed. And I think that helps in every area of life, whether, you know, and, and this app helps you in every area of goals. I know a lot of people think of goals and think of business and financial, but, you know, just like we talked about, I mean, there's relationship goals and and there's spiritual goals and there's lifestyle goals and there's health goals. So this app will help you with every goal type of goal that you want to set. You know, we don't tell you what goals to set. We hmm. just give you that program and that app uh, oh, okay. that will actually help you see that goal through to the end. I mean, I know that you want, you were keeping your goals and is that the motivation to start that kind of an app? Yeah, you, you know, I kind of became known as the goal guide in my little group. And you talked a little bit about it where friends were always coming up to me and asking me, hey, 
you know, I'd give talks on goals and I just loved it. And it was just that thing that I, I would rather talk about goals and personal development and the potential people have and more than anything. And I started to do that and people would come up to me and they'd say, Hey, I really need help with goals. And I'd sit down with them and I'd say, okay, you know, and I, I pretty much used every program out there over the last 20 years. I read all the books and subscribed to the magazines. And, you know, every morning I, I was going through my goals. And so I would help these people sit down and teach them how to write a proper goal and teach them how to, you know, make it specific and measurable and, and, you know, help them. And then I'd see them a couple weeks later and I'd be all excited for them because I knew I gave them some good information. I knew they had good goals and I'd say, how are those goals coming? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I got to get back on track with that. And it was like a kick in the gut. It was like, geez, you know, I just spent three or four hours with you writing down the goals and doing all that. And you couldn't stick with it for two or three weeks. And what I realized was they needed that accountability partner. And I put that in quotes because accountability kind of gets a bad rap and we don't look at accountability. And I got smarter the same way as a lot of people do, but, uh, but I became their accountability partner. And what I realized was they did a lot better knowing that somebody else was watching. And here I was thinking that I was pretty good at goals and pretty good at sticking to them. But as soon as I, as soon as I had to report back to somebody else, I found myself doing even better. And, you know, I did that for two or three or four people. And eventually it got to be where all I was doing was helping other people stay accountable to their goals. And my goals were kind of falling by the wayside. So I ended up saying, thinking, you know what, I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a group and we can rotate partners and really work together. And, and that's after I did that, you know, everybody, you know, it was all areas, you know, these were successful people and doctors and lawyers and business owners and, and also, you know, people who were struggling, you know, uh, finding a job. So it was everybody, but across the board, everybody was doing well. And uh, when I really knew I was on to something was when I would bump into one of these men's wives, and they would come up to me and say, you can never stop this group, no matter what you do. My, my husband is a different man. He's thoughtful. And, you know, he's always thinking of how to make me happy and doing things around the house. And he's just so focused. You can't stop this group. And then eventually everybody's who everybody, all the wives of the men who were in my group started their own goal group because they saw the huge benefit of it. And, you know, that was seven, eight years ago. And I, I kind of thought, you know what, the, the world needs that. And then when it kind of came to the point where I sold a couple businesses and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, you know, I thought about that group and how well it worked. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and write this program out. And, and that led to uh, designing an app and, uh, you know, that led to, you know, uh, designing another app. So, uh, I'm just really passionate about, I know how it can change lives, no matter where you're at, you know, no matter if you're struggling to uh, pay the bills, or you're just looking to retire early, or you're struggling in relationships, or you're not living the lifestyle, whatever you need help with, goals will help you get there. And this program, I Got Smarter will help you reach those goals.
Let me ask a question related to the goal setting itself, related to the, that app. Let's just say for a normal person, normal circumstances like a personal de personality development or like personal development related to the jobs, all these things. These are all like under your control and yeah. you have to like really enhance yourself or like try to learn new skills or like all these things are within your control. Let's just say finances. You might not be able to increase your income but you can control your expenditure. However, that controllability is something that not a lot of people have. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think- set a I, goal in that part, how do you suggest them they can go ahead with that? Well, I think self-discipline is one of the hardest things for all of us, right? Um, but, you know, when you set a goal and you have a crystal clear vision of, you know, not only what, what you want to accomplish, but a clear, crystal clear vision of how to get there. I think that definitely helps. But the I Got Smarter is actually an acronym and that I stands for the individual, the individual staring back at you in the mirror. So everything hinges on the type of person that you are. And what we, you know, what our number one priority is, is becoming that best version of yourself. Because in order to achieve a goal, you have to become that person yeah. that can achieve that goal. So that that's the whole self-development part of it is how can I reach my potential? How can I become the version of myself that I know is out there that can achieve these goals and, and live the life that I want to live. And when you're working on that every single day, um, you know, that starts to happen. Another cool thing that I think is in our program is we use what we call an, an alter ego. And we design this alter ego, our superhero, that perfect version of ourself that always makes the right decision. We design that. And whenever you're struggling with something or you're not sure what you need to do, we ask our alter ego. Mine's name is Fred. And, uh, you know, Fred makes all the right decisions. And, you know, my family even knows that Fred always makes the right decisions because when Nelson comes home and maybe he's not making all the right decisions, their, their favorite comeback to me is, hey, hey, dad, can Fred come out and play? Because they know Fred is, Fred wouldn't yell at him. You know, Fred would be patient and Fred would, you know, be understanding. And Nelson isn't always that. And what I found is the more Fred type choices that I make, you know, Nelson and Fred start to merge together and, and the line between them isn't as uh, distinct. And then what I've realized is as you continue to do this month after month and year after year, that version of your alter ego actually gets to, to be, you know, larger and, uh, and you start to reach even more potential. And eventually Nelson is way past that first version of where Fred was. And he's working towards becoming that uh, even better version of who Fred is today. What do you say your biggest strength is from all these? Uh, determination. You know, I, I hate to fail and I fail a lot, but, you know, I also don't quit. Uh, I think you know, when I set a goal, I make sure that I'm crystal clear on that goal. I make sure that that's exactly what I want to do. And then I don't quit. I mean, uh, I get through it because I know, you know, life throws you curveballs. And, uh, you know, I always think of that story of the guy who was a gold miner in Colorado and he dug for three or four or six months. I don't remember how long, but he ended up just giving up and uh, sold his mine and went back and 
I think he sold shoes or something and he sold the mine to a guy and he came in and he dug for four more feet and ended up hitting the biggest gold strike in, in Colorado. And I think so many of us end up quitting right before we're about to hit that breakthrough. And if you're clear on that, you want to accomplish it. Uh, if you're clear on that goal, then don't quit. I mean, you'll eventually get there. I, I truly believe that if you have enough um, time, enough energy and enough focus, you can accomplish any goal that you uh, set out to accomplish. There will be some people where I have seen personally, some people think they wanted to change like from the worst parts of their lives. Let's say for example, if they are in domestic violence relationships, they wanted to have the change, but they don't know how to even start with it. And some people take that as if that is, as you mentioned, guilt, shame and everything and feel that that is what their life is going to be. They don't even want to make an attempt. What kind of a suggestion that you give to these kind of people where first part is like, they don't even want to think about the light. There yeah. is nothing that's going to change my life. And some people wanted to change their life, but they don't know where to start. Or like they don't make the effort to start. Right. Well the, well, the first thing is there's only one place you can start where you're at, right? You have to start where you're at. And the, the problem that so many people have is they want to wait for the perfect circumstances to start. They want to, you know, it's like sitting at the end of a, a long street and there's a bunch of traffic lights and you want to wait till every single one of those traffic lights turns green before you start on your journey. And that's not the way it works. I mean, when you're when you're working on a, a journey and you're working on a goal and, and changing your life, it's a lot of it is like um, walking through fog. You know, when you're walking through fog, you can only see so far. But what happens when you take one step, you can see a little bit further yep. and another step and you can see a little bit further that you couldn't see if you stayed put. So I'm all about, you know, one, time is our greatest resource. Don't waste a second of it, a minute of it, you know, get going because every day, every second is a gift. And if you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, absolutely don't wait another day. Don't wait another second. Start the process of either fixing it or getting away from it, um, you know, do, do what you need to do where you're at. And, you know, just like I said, we don't have a knowledge problem. Chances are, you know what you need to do, or at least, you know, one thing that you can do right now that will get you a little bit closer. And so do that. And uh, what you'll be amazed that the other things that you need to do in order to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish will show themselves. Or, you know, maybe it's about gaining knowledge. Maybe you apps, maybe you don't have the knowledge then your first step is to gain the knowledge. But don't just stay there. You know, a lot of people get stuck. You know, it's uh, paralysis by analysis. Like they want to they want to look at everything from every different angle and and they end up doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of a ready fire aim guy. Like I just go like when I know I want to do something, I don't wait for all the lights to turn green. I don't wait for me to have a perfect uh you know, uh, everything, every T crossed and I dotted, I go for it. And a lot of times I make mistakes and I have to backtrack a little bit, but it's two steps forward and maybe one step back, but I'm still making progress. And 
Another philosophy at I Got Smarter is we're looking for progress, not perfection. And as long as you can kind of set your mind on that, that that you're gaining some progress uh, and not worry about the perfection part of it, you're going to eventually get to your destination. How do you actually define success in your journey? You know what? Happiness. I mean, being happy, I think, is is success. And there's so much balled up into that. Uh, I mean, there's there's some things that would happen in my life. that I would chalk up to not being successful. And I know a lot of people look at bank accounts and, you know, businesses and things like that. And, you know, money, I think only uh, intensifies who you already are. If you're miserable and you get more money, now you just have more money to be miserable. And so, you know, the the one thing is, is another part of our program of I Got Smarter is we give gratitude every day. Because what we find is, if you're not happy with what you have, chances are you're not going to be happy with what you receive. And 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 um, we're not saying be, you know, satisfied. You know, gratitude and and being satisfied aren't the same thing. We're always striving to reach our potential and and do the things that we want to do. But we also want to show gratitude for the things that we already have. And uh, whenever you're, you can do that, I think you're going to be happy and, and you're going to enjoy the ride. And you're also going to create more success because you're already, you're already happy and you're not miserable and, and always seeking for those things that you don't have and, and being miserable until you get them. And then what you find out is those things aren't going to bring you happiness. It's that attitude of gratitude uh, that, that's going to sh- bring happiness into your life. If you can go back and change one thing in your life, what would you choose to change and why? Um, wow, that is, that's a tough question. And, um, you know, I wasn't always uh, the, the best husband. Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, a lot of times, whenever, whenever I first got married, I, I kind of envisioned the family that I wanted to have because of the family I came from. And, uh, so I worked really hard at work and I felt like I was pretty successful in giving my wife and family the lifestyle that, you know, uh, was good. And then I would come home and kind of hold those standards to my wife. And I would expect my wife, you know, my Stepford wife to have my three boys, you know, at a, uh, a seven course meal and they're all be, you know, in their little suits and setting down and, and having that, you know, TV family. And I would come home and, you know, my wife was struggling, you know, she had three active young boys and, you know, I'd come home and, you know, they'd have food on their faces and the house wouldn't be as clean as I wanted to. And, you know, food wouldn't be ready. And and then I would be saying, I'm doing my part. I want you to do your part. And I really had those unrealistic expectations, but where it really started to change was when I traded in those expectations for appreciation. And I really started to focus on how wonderful my wife was. I mean, everyone thought, everyone else thought she was so wonderful. And the reason was, is they were just, you know, they were looking at how great she was. And I was looking at all the things that uh, the expectations that weren't being met. But when I switched that and started looking at all the things that I truly appreciated about her, it was a huge difference in our marriage. When you talk about goals so much, what is 
your next goal, like a short-term goal, and what is your biggest goal that you planned out for next upcoming years? Yeah, well, 50, 50 year wedding anniversary is definitely what I'm shooting for. But, you know, with it, with this business, uh, and I got smarter, uh, I really want to get it out there to as many people as I can, because I know how life changing it is, and not only life changing, generational changing. And you said, you know, our, our goal at I got smarter is to change the world, you know, one person and one inspiring goal at a time. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to change the individual's world. You know, we all live in our own little world and that's what I want to change. And when we can change that through our program, uh, then we can change the world, you know, looking at that one individual. And so that's, that's what I wake up every morning, uh, fired up to do and, uh, love coming to work and, and getting this message out there because I know what a difference it's going to make in their lives and their families' lives and in their families' lives. As you mentioned that last sentence, even I told before, like, that was really like really nice and it hit me like one person change is not just that person's change it's like the generational change starts from that person it's yeah. just not that one person anymore yeah and, and and a lot of times uh it's a matter of setting those goals and breaking that chain that has been perpetual through families you know and it's just gotten carried over from one family member to the next generation to the next generation and goals can do, can change that and then all of a sudden you're passing you're passing down great habits and 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 great things to the next generation and that's what i want to do so there's not any you know there's less people out there who have to deal with the things that i had to deal with as a youth uh generations from now and they won't even know that why they're not doing it it's because grandpa set a goal or grandma set a goal you know 60 70 years ago to become a better version of herself and because of that they're living a great lifestyle because of what got passed down that that's what i want to accomplish with the rest of my life you might have done a lot of shows or like your book your book of course will have details about everything that you have gone through all through your life yeah. but through the shows that you have done or like the interviews that you have given or any stage shows that you might is there anything that you haven't specifically spoke about any area that you haven't covered anywhere? You might have not got an opportunity to cover that or like any other circumstances that might have happened. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, like, like today, every, every Thursday I do on my, uh, on my page, Nelson Tressler, I do thankful Thursday. And, you know, I, my book got released and in my book, I talk about with, uh, Christmas, the one year that the only thing that my mom could afford to give me was a stocking, an old hunting sock, not a, not a nice red stocking that you see on TV, but a hunting sock. And it was, had an orange in it. It's had some hard candy and a few matchbox cars. And I, and I talk about it in my book that that was one of the most memorable gifts that I ever received because I knew that that was all that my mom could give me. And uh, somebody read my book and they sent me a package with a stocking, with an orange and some matchbox cars and some hard candy. And it just hit me so hard because 
those are the types of things that just keep you going to realize that you're, you're making a difference and just considerate people who are willing to go through that and, and uh, encourage you and kind of give you those kudos, you know, things like that, you know, I encourage other people on that thankful Thursday to, to do that same thing, to encourage those people, because you never know who needs it. And, you know, be that light, you know, be that light in, in other people's lives. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. But I mean, we can all do that in, in our own little, you know, worlds that we live in. You were giving speeches about goals. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody asks you like a random, like, like me, right? Now, if I ask you like, okay, can you explain something about your goals? Not specifically. That's okay. Not Sorry. specifically about that's not specifically about your goals, but a speech about a goal or like setting goals. Would you be able to like talk few minutes about it? Like how you expect somebody not expect? Like how you suggest or guide somebody to set their goals up? And of course, achieving them or like reaching to those goals is like personal interest on reaching them. But how do you actually like suggest or motivate them to create those goals? Well, the fir first thing, I mean, I would say is go out and get this awesome app. It's called I Got Smarter and it'll lead you, <laughs> it'll direct you through, uh, you know, uh, the whole goal setting process. But the first thing that we do in our program is we do what we call a self-assessment and hmm. that self-assessment, it takes about an hour, but you know, you're, you're one, you know, there's gratitude in there and there's designing your alter ego and what that best version of yourself is. And there's, um, uh, you know, there's making sure that the goal that you want to go after, you know, is the true goals that you want to go after and that you're willing to pay the price for that. And we break, you know, we break the first of all, we all have a lot of goals. We only work on three goals at a time. And another thing that we do is we break our goals down, no matter how big they are, into a 30 day sprint. Because I think a lot of people have these huge goals that are a year or five years or even 10 years. And our mind cannot wrap around what needs to happen today. And yep. like I talked about, you know, time is our greatest resource. So we break those goals down into a 30-day sprint on what we can accomplish in the next 30 days to get closer to it. And now there's that urgency. And now there's always that crystal clear vision of what has to happen you know, over the next 30 days. So there's, there's things like that. And then, you know, that success partner, having somebody else in your corner to keep you going, because when nobody else knows that you're out there striving to do something, it's easy to not do it. And uh, when somebody else knows about it, and somebody's there to encourage you and motivate you, and you them, uh, you have a 95% better likelihood of actually achieving your goals. But yeah, there, there's so many different things in, in the I Got Smarter program that I've learned over the last 25 years that will kind of show people, you know, how to write a proper goal. I mean, we make sure that all of our goals are positive. You know, there's none, I want to quit this or I want to stop this. I mean, we talk about, I am this person. And we talk about all of our goals as if they've already happened. Because if you tell your mind that something's happened, your mind will figure out a way to make sure that it does happen. So there's a, there's so many strategies, but yeah, they're all in, I got smarter. And, uh, you know, the app walks you through all of, uh, all of this. And, 
you know, at the end of the hour, you'll be, you'll be more clear on what goals you want to accomplish and how you're going to accomplish them than probably you've ever been in your life. Yeah. You know, I talked about it a little bit before, but I always like to tell you, do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till New Year's. I know New Year's is, is right around the corner, but do it right now. If you feel, felt inspired, if you felt uh, motivated, uh, do it now because that only lasts, you know, that, that high of being motivated and, and inspired only lasts, you know, very short time. So do it now. Whatever you know you need to do, go take that one step. And then tomorrow, take the next step and next week and next month. And eventually what you'll find out is uh, you've accomplished it by starting right now today. Okay, thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smetha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.